0: Welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name is Ray here, and Thank you very much for joining me on this, our second episode this week. Two episodes a week during COVID-19 level four lockdown. I hope it's not getting you too far down in the dumps. Uh, We're going to this episode catch up with another member of the motorcycling community here in New Zealand. Also going to bring you Jock McLaughlin's thoughts on the Indian FTR 1200 S which appeared in uh, Kiwi Rider magazine from February this year. But without further ado, do. Let's take a trip down to uh, mid to lower North Island. We're going to catch up with Suzuki, New Zealand. Peter Goldfinch, hello. Yeah, hi there. How's uh, lockdown been in your bubble?
1: Well, lockdown is one thing, but we're still working. We're working from home as much as we can, and that means I'm spending more time at my desk than I probably would have normally. No smoke breaks and limited lunch breaks, <laughs> and no
0: fishing. And no fishing. That's got to be one of the toughest things. No fishing, no motorcycling, no water sports. No, no uh, pretty quiet. Hey, the light is at the end of the tunnel, at least as far as level 4 goes anyway, down to level 3. Uh, do we have any indication or any idea what level 3 is going to mean for Suzuki New Zealand?
1: Yeah, we've we've had quite a bit of conversation about this in the last day, so what it really means for our dealers is that they can open their service departments for booked-in work and they can use a click-and-collect system for things like spare parts or even um, motorcycle purchases. So effectively, their showrooms will remain shut, but their workshops will be open. You can book in for uh, any uh, work you might require there. And if you wanted to buy something out of their store, um, you could phone them or uh, use their websites and still... Maintain business with them.
0: Outstanding, Peter. Hey, uh, as far as Suzuki goes, I know a lot of other brands have been impacted by this COVID-19 lockdown, uh, but Suzuki specifically have been hit quite hard. Of course, we've got the uh, VStrom 1050 on the horizon, but you've got a new 250 in the country, which ha- you haven't really been able to give much press to.
1: Yeah, so far, that's right. The, uh, the new GSX 250 is a, a new entrant, and, and we've launched it at some very, very attractive prices. We think it's going to shake the market up quite a lot. But, yeah, the, the uh, lockdown has come at right at the wrong time. We're sort of mid-launch. The bikes are just out there at the dealerships, and uh, uh, we're shut up. So it's uh, it's difficult. Um, our forward planning is that it's in a bit of a, 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 a quandary as well because our um, production plan has been changed, and a lot of the, the items that we were importing in the next month or so are being delayed, and that, that also applies to Vistrom 1050. We're supposed to have it here. Um, later in April or May But that looks like it's going to be in the third quarter
0: it looks like a great bike too I have seen a few uh, videos from the European launch And um, man it's it's got uh, Some great new styling And things like uh, cornering ABS Which which I think are awesome But let's talk about that uh, GSX-R250 uh, Is this the Indian bike uh, that came in well, When I say Indian not Indian But the bike that came in from India uh, Was released uh, mid last
1: year I think uh, Well it was released in India mid last year and we've only just received them here yeah it's a um, the, the previous model is a twin cylinder uh, also made in, in, in Asian countries but this is a, a single cylinder oil cooled bike uh, it's quite a lot more um, well one I suppose than, than the earlier 250 versions a lot better looking in, in my view um, and uh, it performs better.
0: And of course, ABS to fit with the, uh, the, new, um, the new laws coming in?
1: Yeah, the, the new 250 has dual-channel ABS, so front and rear. So it fits some of those, uh, the new regulations. Outstanding.
0: So, Suzuki, you got enough stock on site. Uh, what's happening with the factory? Do we have any of that kind of information on hand? Oh, we've got
1: heaps of stock. Um, we've had a lot of it arriving uh, in port over the last few weeks, and of course it's locked down there, so... Um, we use a storage facility in Palmerston North and we are distributed from there. Uh, we've got our stock levels of motorcycles are at an all-time high. Um, and there's, uh, our forward planning has been disrupted somewhat, but um, in the meantime we've got...
0: Of awesome. So we can still get those classic DR six fifties, the V-Strom six fifties. What's your pick of the entire Suzuki range right now? If you were to jump on a bike today, what would it be? Probably the
1: V-Strom six fifty. Yeah? Yep. Yeah, that's that's an all-round bike. They're an easy bike to ride. Uh, they're uh, very, very capable and they're just fun.
0: Right, so coming into level three and hopefully into level two, a couple of weeks after that, uh, best case scenario, uh, what do we? What does Suzuki New Zealand need from the motorcycling community of New Zealand? We're talking buy local, right?
1: Definitely. Um, a lot of our dealers, in fact, not just our industry, but all industry, the way they've been affected isn't going to become very apparent for probably a month or so. Um, and the reason for that is that There was a lot of workshop work done during March for which the dealership paid in April. So they've got a little bit of cash now, but there's not much money coming into dealerships in May. So what we're looking for from um, the buying public is to uh, buy local, um, support their local businesses, and where they can, um, pay up front rather than looking at 20th of the month accounts. You've got to help these businesses out with their cash flow, whether they're motorcycle shops or or any other retail shop.
0: Outstanding. Peter Goldfinch from Suzuki, New Zealand. Hey, thank you very much for your time, and uh, keep safe, keep you and yours safe, and uh, we hope you can get out fishing then uh, as soon as possible. <laughs> Thanks, will do. And for more thoughts and feelings and concerns from the motorcycling community around the country, do listen to our last three episodes to do with the COVID-19 lockdown. But let's get into something a little bit different. Let's talk about a motorcycle. A motorcycle that I think looks absolutely fantastic. We finally got our grubby little mitts on Indian's FTR 1200 after Boris raved about it in Kiwi Rider magazine after the launch. And this is how it stacks up in good old New Zealand. Words from Jock McLaughlin from Kiwi Rider magazine for wor- for the full story and the pictures. Jump on kiwirider.co.nz. Go back to February and uh, have a look at that issue, the first issue in February. Underestimation is a particularly galling prospect for anyone delivering something new or beyond expected standards. The recipient just may not understand the sweet equity, intellectual rigour and sheer determination that have gone into getting something new over the line. Indian has done something good here, and I confess, right here, it may have taken me a while to overcome my preconceptions. At pickup, the bike looked like an Indian. There was the familiar scrolling logo, the masculine colour scheme of mostly black, silver, and flashes of red, and there it stopped. The bike apparently grew out of the dust, sweat, and fumes of the American flat track circuit, inspired by the wrecking crew of the 1950s. And it looks the business. That seat and pipe layout and trellis framework are every inch the modern Euro look, but there's way too much plastic around, and the finish is less than stellar, and although these are basically niggles, they can be fixed with accessory choices that could be delivered at buying time. There is a part of me that says the pipes are too big and garish, the plastic trims and covers are flimsy and sharp-edged, and the indicators are too jaunty. But crikey, what the hell were they thinking with the tail light and number plate hanger? That is an abominable look at the back of this poor bike, like someone bolted on a bit of railway line and hooked up a street lamp. Truly stonkingly shitty. But, and it is a big but. It is reasonably removable, and a tail-tidy option is the very first call you would want to make on this bike. That, and smaller, less choked-up pipes. Because after all, this is a flat-tracker cafe racer, and race it does. A Sunday morning excursion up the highway had me staying ahead of a reasonably experienced track rider on his Aprilia 900, a place he remained in despite some effort on his behalf. Steve Moneto, CEO of Indian Motorcycle in the US, is reported as saying of the FTR that it's a bike that just goes with you, it responds to your inputs, and it's willing to do anything you want it to do. He is absolutely correct as well. It won't be everyone's cup of tea, and there are those who disparage the mark foolishly in my opinion, without ever experiencing this new iteration. All I say is that the naysayers were all somewhere south of me. I had time to stop, remove my helmet, and check the view before their arrival. So I grew to like the bike very much, and very quickly, but initially I put it into corners with some trepidation on the purpose-made tyres from Dunlop. The DT3 radials have a tread pattern that I wasn't convinced by as a road-going racer, but in summer weather at least, they held track superbly. Pushed to the limits, I found small amounts of squirm at the rear, but it was immediately controlled with throttle on. It's a joy to ride. The seat position has a certain magic in its geometry. Thrown fast and hard between corners, I could feel the rear wheel track beneath me in a way very, very few bikes could replicate. It gave a live confidence to quick running. With each flick the 1200 bit down and charged out of the corner. I was riding this bastard with my backside. The new power plant delivering 120 horsepower to the stern is frankly brilliant. Liquid cooled and double overhead cam with 4 valves per cylinder, there is some trickery going on. A V-twin redlining at 8,250rpm is quite something, but the FTR's delivery is linear and powerful. There is certain vibration that big twins always have and it never really goes away, even at the top end of this exciting power delivery, but it's a pleasing sort of masculine vibration, just enough to let you feel its tail-shaking heritage, and not enough to disturb. At 226 kgs, the S variant is at the light end of the Indian bikes by a healthy margin, you could probably lose about 5 kgs alone with that awful rear tail assembly gone. The cast aluminium mags are light and not unattractive, but there are a number of add ons that I would consider immediately, and they would be aluminium spoked wheels, Akrapovic exhaust, and the high license plate mount tail tidy. I'd, I'd opt for the rally pegs, pop on the short rally mudguards front and rear, and remove the headlight cal too. The accessory packs mean you can customize your own flat tracker pretty much how you'd like it, with just a bit of judicious shopping. But the starting bike is so excellent, you could do it over time, no worries. You can also lose the nasty plastic shrouds on the radiator and replace them with aluminium radiator guards, and slip on a carbon tank cover if you wish. The tank is not actually a tank, but an airbox, as 13 litres of fuel is held under the seat and the low-down weight adds to the flank Tracker's wonderful easy ride, or you could just fit it out for touring with luggage and racks and windshields. The gurus at Indian have given four options of configuration, sport, tracker, rally and tour. Marketing-wise, I think it's a clever move, rather than bringing out seven different models of bike, they've gone the way of the BMW R9T and given the options of choice and change to the owner with their own personal preferences. It's interesting to note the response from other riders about the FTR 1200S, there is no equivocation, no middle ground, people either thought it looked great, or they hated it. I was probably the exception, I grew to like it very much indeed, it made me question my personal choice of ownership, and I haven't done that in a very long time. I took it very seriously indeed, and that is because of its sheer bloody willingness to ride. It pulled on and on towards every corner and curl with fingertip control and oomph including stopping power. At the nose, the 120x70R19 front tyre is ringed centrally by twin 320mm discs with T5 rotors and 4-pot Brembo's gripping the pavement. And the 150x70R18 rear tyre is pulled up by a single 2-pot disc. Top speed will be somewhere north of 180 km hour. I wasn't going to find that out on public roads, but there's a magnificent amount of motorbiking thrill getting there. A stern the swing arm is a rigid steel construction that pivots through the crankcase. It's dependable and trust making. FTR models all use 43mm inverted forks with 150mm of travel, but the S model offers adjustment for preload compression and damping. And, in the interest of keeping it compact, the rear suspension monoshock is visible and mounted to the right hand side. The 1200S has ABS, cornering optimised ABS, and traction control, wheelie control and three ride modes, rain, standard and sport. I was very taken with the TFT display, but the placement is a trifle odd, right on the yoke and it meant a head dip to read its speed, although sun angle never made it unreadable. You could be easily fooled into thinking the FTR is just a beefed up scout, but it is an entirely rebuilt beast. It shares almost nothing with its predecessors, is a lot lighter, and has a 12, 5 to 1 compression ratio. And it rips furiously up to redline. It is quite remarkable, and the first American bike I've ever ridden that I would actually happily own. The bike can be ridden fairly gently, but why the hell would you want to? There was a minor glitch when cold on the demo bike, but once warmed up, this machine just made pure American fun and frolics. It's a hamburger and a coke. With a pretty girl and sunshine and 40 years of promise, dirt tracking and road riding. Those are Jock McLaughlin's thoughts on the Indian FDR 1200S. For the full story, all the specs, and a whole stack of pictures, check out the first edition from January 2020 of Kiwi Rider Magazine. All you need to do is go to kiwirider.co.nz. This is Kiwi Rider Podcast. My name is Ray here, and thank you very much for joining us. You can get hold of us at kiwirider.co.nz, Facebook and Instagram at Kiwi Rider Podcast, and you can also email us podcast at kiwirider.co.nz. We would absolutely love to hear from you. Hope you're looking forward to going down to COVID nineteen level three in New Zealand next week. Uh, that's pretty much all we've got. We're back to one episode a week next week on a Thursday. Until then, if you are out on your bike, keep the rubber side down throttle on and we'll catch you in seven days' time.